What's up, Spider-Man fans, Marvel fans, and all the fans in between? If you stumbled on here and you're not a Spider-Man fan, thanks for joining us. Um, Marvelous Movie Mondays, every Monday with Kelsey and Dill. Uh, special Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler review. Usually we do reviews where it's like we just pile on all our thoughts and at the end we talk about spoilers. But this is kind of one of those movies where you kind of can't talk about it without talking about spoilers. So we're just doing a blanket spoiler review. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, do not do anything else like like it will ruin the movie for you i just wanted to say that before we introduce even our co-host because i just want you to know off the bat do not keep going if you don't want to be spoiled anyway kelsey how are you doing how are you feeling we're, we're a day after seeing the movie how you feel i'm like am i a spoiler um i have nothing to do <laughs> i'm doing great dill i have nothing to do with cool. spider-man no way home yeah um so um spider-man no way home you know john watts's third movie in this trilogy obviously produced by sony but of course because of the marvel deal you know disney's marvel is able to like kind of more coincide with sony and um a lot of speculation going into this we tried to stay clear of most of it um i have my thoughts on just like the marketing itself because i think that has a big uh role to play in just the enjoyment factor of this movie but um it really felt like you know old times with endgame with just the crowds cheering and yeah and just yep, every yep. every little moment an easter egg happening the crowds just erupting for and i guess maybe that's just because we also went opening night i don't know um kelsey just blanket thoughts on on just the movie as a whole right now like like where are you at because i tried my best not to hear your opinions um i heard a <laughs> few of them sprinkled in but i don't really know how you stand on this movie uh so i'd like to know uh kelsey what do Still you think? There's things that I really liked about this movie. There's things that I really didn't like about this movie. I'll be honest. Well, I'm not one of those like people of that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even say I'm middle of the road. I can go on record and say that I liked the movie. I thought it was good. Cool. I thought it was a really good film. And cool. I'm sure one day, like, I will get <laughs> over my pride and be able to look at this <laughs> film and be like, you know what? That was a good film. They did it well. I can mm. appreciate it for what it was. Yeah, I, Honestly, I agree. A lot I, of the issues, just really quick, a lot of the issues that I have with it before I get into things that I don't like aren't even about the movie. I'm just more mad at the fandom, if anything. That's I what I realized. I, I, I think that's the thing I want to talk about first because I mentioned it a few seconds ago, the marketing. I think this movie was like, the idea is multiverse opens, like, like multiverse opens, all these villains come in and then spoiler alert uh it's happening now if you, if you haven't logged off by now i'm just gonna say it uh and the other spider-men come too we knew it was kind of coming we, we kind of had the feeling especially with that trailer where the lizard's getting just punched by nothing that was kind of like the one misstep um the brazilian trailer really kind of ruined that surprise but it, it was very clear that there was a very good possibility uh they would show up and those <laughs> leaks did prove to be true um but i almost think even the villains themselves just knowing they were coming mm -hmm. softens a blow a little like like he's he's sitting in the freeway like with all the cars on that bridge and you just you know doc ock's coming 30 seconds before you even hear the ground grumbling and it's like imagine how that would have played not knowing that he was even there and and i do mm -hmm. think alfred molina himself did kind of spoil he was in the movie but if you didn't know when it was coming if you didn't know that like the electro stuff happened at night with those like electric towers like if you didn't know that at the end it was sandman lizard and electro because then when certain twists happen, like, you know, Goblin is going to go bad because we haven't seen him throw that pumpkin bomb yet. Even when you think he's gone good and you, you know, there's all these different moments that you just can kind of see coming ahead because the marketing ruined it. And I'm not even saying like, I was one of those people who sat down and dissected frame by frame, the marketing, but like just watching the trailer at first glance, seeing the three mm -hmm. villains together, you know, that this plan is going to go awry when Peter's trying to fix these villains. 
Um, yeah. And, and I just kind of wish they hadn't even put the villains in the trailer at all. Maybe just the Hello Peter would have been enough. And that was. But fans were just annoying and wanted a second trailer. And I think that's what really kind of spoiled a lot of the big surprises. The biggest surprise obviously wasn't spoiled, but at this at that point when you saw those villains, you kind of assumed the other two were coming along with it. So um, I was a little just disappointed in the marketing because I think this movie would have been even better had we not known that all those villains were showing up, if any of those villains were showing up. You know, if you just make the yeah. trailer about him and his identity and the stuff with Aunt May and Happy and, and Zendaya and Ned, <laughs> Zendaya, MJ and Ned, like I think mm-hmm. that alone is like uh, enough to get people to go to the theater. So I, I, yeah. I mixed on the way it was marketed. Um, so yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what? There were a lot of posters. I think that they were just so excited. They were so excited about the fact that they were having the past villains in this movie because they yeah. made so many posters that all featured mm-hmm. the Doc Ock tentacles. You always saw a green goblin flying around in the mm-hmm. background. Like they were stoked that they were giving us this film to the point that they just like couldn't contain it. And, but I agree a hundred percent like that movie would have been so much more exciting for me. Had I not known about like all the villains, like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine one after another? They all just like turned and we were all like, no way. Oh my God. Uh It's crazy. Uh, And I mean, there were certain villains we didn't know, like, like with lizard and salmon, we didn't know if the actual actors were playing them or if they were just CGI. And we did learn that like, you know, Thomas Hayden church and, um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. The guy who plays a lizard. I'm so sorry. Um, Reese Ifran, Reese Ifans, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Like, like him showing up. Like, we didn't know that they were playing them, which was kind of a surprise. But even then, it's like, I would have loved to not even know Goblin was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so oh, stuff yeah, like that, especially because his entrance just kind of comes and then it's like, boom, and then he's in the next room and you're like, wait, wait, what happened with Goblin? Um, but yeah. I think the marketing didn't ruin the film, but did soften some of the bigger surprises for sure. I that's the biggest problem that I have with this film, Dill, Mm -hmm. is that I just wasn't surprised enough. I was upset that we as a fandom called almost every big moment in this film. We called from the beginning that Toby and Andrew were going to be involved. We called like the the footage of him leaked like of him like holding onto the scaffolding of like Andrew Garfield and everyone was like oh my god it's him he's in the movie mm-hmm. and then and then they would try to backpedal and say no it was just photoshopped it's fan made it's, it's whatever it's like no that was real i mm-hmm. hope someone got fired for that oh my god that that bothered yeah. me so much and mm-hmm. and the <laughs> and the moment where zendaya is falling off the building and yeah. everyone this is everyone said this is when toby's not toby andrew's andrew. gonna get his big re- yeah andrew is oh. gonna get his big redemption moment where he's gonna be able to save mj because he couldn't save gwen we called that one too everyone was freaking out in the theaters i literally mm-hmm. said out loud i said everyone calm down we all know what's about to happen yeah and exactly. then it did because mm-hmm. and, and that's the point that i was most like disappointed in is that like yeah. all these moments like we we saw coming and I was like, well, this would have been way better if we mm-hmm. all just, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what to be, right, no, who to I be agree. mad at the fandom. If we all just shut the fuck up online and didn't say anything. Yeah, But even like me, like I, I didn't dissect the trailer, but as soon as I saw that moment, I said, Oh, this is going to be Andrew. The, Cause it was such a clear parallel. And I yeah. do think, I really think that first trailer was enough. Like I really, 
you know, because because that honestly is, in my opinion, the least just exciting stuff is at the beginning, just because it's like before we dive into the multiverse and all that stuff. It's just kind of like a, oh, here's what happened last time and how we're like kind of processing it. Like his life's different. That was interesting, but like that to me is probably the least interesting part of the movie. And I would have been fine though. The trailer would have still excited me enough with that. You know, I I think the major surprises that we didn't see coming um were obviously the big death in the film which we'll talk about and then just the mm-hmm. concept of this not the villains coming together to attack him but rather the villains just kind of being in this universe and him trying to save these villains one by one i thought that was an interesting pivot from what we expected it to be because all i expected it to be was villains coming together sinister sixing this stuff but um yeah another thing we didn't get six we only got five and i guess we did get a sixth in the post credits which we'll also talk about but um mm-hmm. That was another thing too. I'm like, if you're just going to do Sinister Six, just do Six. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are a lot of things to enjoy about this movie, and I, I don't want to be like harping on the bad stuff, but I think that is yeah. one of the main reasons why it was not as effective for me and you as we expected it to be. I still think it's a great movie, probably top tier MCU, but like, yeah, I really think had I not seen a trailer at all, and it's just at this point you go to the movies, you can't avoid trailers, you know, as much as you try. Like I, I don't purposely rewatch them, but if I'm in the theater, I'm not just gonna like look down at my popcorn and go like this and hope I don't <laughs> hear any of the trailer. It's just like inevitable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's talk about some of the stuff we did like uh, because the marketing aside, like this is a good movie, um, especially in the fact that I've been saying it for years. The first Spider-Man Homecoming was Iron Man kind of guiding. It, it seemed like Iron Man was too much of an influence. Far From Home, Iron Man's death was too much of an influence. Here, I felt like it was Tom shining. It was Spider-Man's story. And the people you bring in are other Spider-Man yeah. characters, but they didn't seem to override the narrative. Rather, they helped the narrative. They honestly kind of acted as like guides to show him like the perspective of his own life. You know, like having the other two Spider-Man, I think it got much stronger when they came in because they kind of served as like those moral compasses but also mm-hmm. like that relatability that i think peter needed to kind of get over not just may's death spoiler alert i mean it's down there spoilers but like may's death and also just like everything that has happened with his friends and mit yeah. and all that um so what did you think of this uh, just as like a spider-man movie do you agree i thought it was definitely the strongest of, of the, the three and it was everything that i've been waiting for is like tom yeah. like you know doing his spidey his peter mm-hmm. stuff combining his like smarts he has gotten better at like sent using his peter tingle mm-hmm. like he he's gotten really good in like combat and everything like we mm-hmm. saw like some really like angry moments as you yeah. know with peter parker as yeah. you know as spider-man this film was and i was on yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought that this yeah. was this is a great for, film for him. I also really liked how MJ and Ned were incorporated throughout the mm-hmm. film. Like they didn't yeah. feel like dead weight or chuffa or or anything like that. Like they felt very ne- yeah. necessary to the whole operation oh, yeah. of things. And, and honestly, yeah. Ned's arc this film, I liked almost mm-hmm. I think it was my favorite thing. The, the one film. thing the one thing they pivoted away from that I thought they were going toward because in the beginning when they all opened the MIT letters there was a moment where I was going oh this is the start of Ned's villain turn but I like how they didn't mm-hmm. go that route and they even made a joke about it with him saying like I'm not going to turn on you don't worry I won't. And now yeah. judging by the end of the film who knows what'll happen with Ned but like sure. I really liked how they kind of just instead made him like this Wong to Doctor Strange character like being this kind of like sidekick Uh, well even though now we know Wong is the head guy in charge now but like you know the whole idea of him being like the sidekick and being able to actually you know contribute to the battle and like actually make a difference and like uh, I I really liked his arc yeah I I think it was really really good Um, 
let's talk about Wong and Doctor Strange because like I feel like that was the okay. one element where I was like like Doctor Strange needed to be there but he seemed like the most there for the plot device. Like he didn't really seem to have really his own arc. Um what what did you think about just that character in general? Doctor Strange? Yeah. Well, I Okay, so part of the reason why I really didn't want Toby and Andrew in this film was because I thought that it was going to be like a whole Doctor Strange and Peter team up and they were going to mm. be like fighting together the whole okay. time. Once you get, you know, we were like halfway, We, I would say we were still kind of in the first act of the film mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange is not there anymore. Peter acts actually like locks him into the mirror realm (laughs) for the rest of the film i was game i was like okay good he he served his purpose peter's gonna go do Mm -hmm. his own thing now this is exactly how i wanted Mm -hmm. the movie to go yeah and then when toby and andrew did come in i was like okay this feels better now because now it doesn't feel like he has three helping hands with him he only has two yeah and it's not just like yeah i'll take it it's not this polar opposite of Doctor Strange or Tony Stark helping him either. It's two other iterations of himself. And I think this mm-hmm. movie was a great reminder to just Spider-Man fans of who Spider-Man is. Not necessarily this Peter or that Peter or that Peter. They all kind of together kind of symbolize like the greater good and this whole like pacifist kind of uh, notion of like, you know, we don't just kill. We we try to help and we try to cure. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like using the science also as an angle because we kind of forget in both the other two Spider-Man franchises, like he's a really smart scientist and we don't really get a lot of that with Tom Holland's Peter. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever really dove into that as much. Like Shuri has always been like the scientist of like that young crew, but I like how mm-hmm. now we kind of get that. And we see that parallel with the three of them, you know, kind of doing all the science stuff together. Like, I really like those moments and I was worried it would be too much of like, just like fan service nostalgia. But I feel like when they came in, it kind of started getting the emotional core of the movie because you kind of got to see all the parallels and that moment where they're talking about uncle Ben and aunt May and Gwen, like all the people they've lost and they can connect. Yeah. I think that was so important for Tom Holland's Peter to hear. And I think that really propelled him into this next phase. Cause we know he signed on for another trilogy. So we know he's going to be in it. We don't know about Zendaya and uh, Jacob Batalon. And I don't even know if we'll see them again. That's something we can also theorize about. Um, But like, we know he's going to still be around. You see, he gets the new suit. He's kind of going now to be that neighborhood Spider-Man. Cause I feel like the thing with Spider-Man in the MCU has been, he hasn't been this friendly hood neighborhood, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's been off in Italy and on his field Mm -hmm. trip. He's been off in space with the Avengers. He's not gotten to be the neighborhood Spider-Man. And I like how he, now it's like he disappeared he for five be. years. Yeah. And now he's kind of disappeared in general, like because Peter doesn't exist to anyone, including yeah. the Avengers, which is crazy. Um, and I like how he can now just kind of be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and no one knows who he is. And yeah. uh, the last person to really know him was his aunt, um, which let's segue to that. Uh, what did you think of the Aunt May moment? Um, okay. I, I know we're not going in order of any of the events, but it's, you know, just no, kind of yeah. one of those general <laughs> conversations. We're not no, structuring yeah, it like sure. a real review. Like, let's just talk about that moment. Cause that was probably the biggest surprise to me. Um, that was definitely the biggest surprise. Yeah. Everyone had happy pegged as the big <laughs> uncle Ben death for right, him. Right, right, right. And honestly, I'm upset. I'm upset to lose, yeah. uh, Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Tomei. Yeah, I know. It's she's, unfortunate. she's a tough loss, especially like <laughs> losing her, but then having like, watching happy lose her and then like at the end at the grave i was like oh i really feel for these two characters right now um it's kind of like that that thing where like everyone was mad that gamora died in infinity war and black widow in endgame because it's like all these great female characters are getting killed off but i do think that gave peter a much more emotional 
purpose in that second mm-hmm. half of the movie than if Happy had died. I think if Happy had died, it would have been really sad, but it would have been like, oh, well, at least I've got you, Aunt May. But now it's like, he really sure. doesn't have anyone besides MJ and Ned. And now he really, he really have doesn't have anyone. Yeah, all he has is the I... guy he's paying rent to, which I hoped would be the same guy from the original Spider-Man trilogy, but it was not. Dill, you're funny because we were sitting next to each other in the in the theater, and as soon as she got, you know, rocked by uh Green Goblin, and then she started like everyone was like, Oh my god, she just got taken out. But then she starts moving on the ground, and you audibly went, Oh, thank God. And then that entire scene, though, I was nervous. <laughs> oh. I was like, This bitch is about to collapse. I know it. I know she's not okay. And I, and she, as soon as she hit him with the with great power comes great responsibility line, I was like, her goose is cooked. Yeah. This is done. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an emotional roller coaster. But then when it happened to Toby later, it made me a little less concerned because I don't think they would have done that twice where they kind of mm. just stand and he's like, because he says, he's like, yeah, I've been stabbed before. And Andrew goes like, you're in a lot of pain, right? I was like, he was like, yeah. And I was like, there's no way they would do it twice where he's standing there saying he's okay. Oh, and he yeah. And then he just collapses. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, that would have yeah. been literally a copycat of before. And I don't think you needed to do that. The only thing I was th- I had hoped they would have done was shown Toby going back to his MJ uh, and Andrew Garfield going back to his Aunt May after that. But I, I get why they didn't. Uh, that yeah. that would have been very like into, into the Spider Verse ending ish. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, like I was I was expecting to see Kirsten Dunst. She was the one that I was like, oh, I'm surprised they didn't show her. But yeah, honestly, when Toby was stabbed, that was the most that was one of the most intriguing parts because I didn't see it coming. I was really? like, oh my god, they're gonna kill Toby. This is amazing. I almost got excited because I was like, because you hate Listen. Toby. No, not because I hate Toby. Just because mm-hmm. like no one called that and no one mm-hmm. like saw like yeah. no one saw it coming i will yeah. say though i will give it to them the way they introduce the two into the universe mm-hmm. was very creative i i, really I, I appreciated that moment because i was expecting it to happen like i honestly thought maybe that zendaya moment where she's falling would be the introduction and i was like oh. mm, because if you introduce them both mid-battle it would be a cool moment it would probably be like this like big surprise but at the same time i like how it was a very mellow introduction like it was very much controlled and like grounded and i like that because it's been so long since we've seen them to kind of reacquaint ourselves especially because there's been so much change you know andrew's a little older but toby especially is much older and he's Mm -hmm. almost kind of like that jake johnson in into the spider verse you know he's Mm -hmm. much older he's got back problems and i love that when he was like (laughs) oh my back like crack my back for me like I like how they kind of stuck with the idea that he was a little older and it made for an interesting character because I know you were never really the hugest fan of his in this role, but I do think this is a very different version of even that Peter. Like, I Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's interesting to see him older, kind of like with star Wars, what they've done with the newer star Wars movies, seeing the original characters older, like it just creates a much more interesting dynamic because it's still them, but they, you know, they've already gone through so much that we have not seen. Um, yeah yeah that, that moment where he got stabbed was quite surprising but as soon as he was holding the glider and looking at him i was like norman is right behind him with a literal knife on his hand like that could do better turn around like i in that moment i was like oh shit oh shit um because i, I gotta say yeah willem dafoe scared the crap out of me in this movie and like hands down my favorite performance of the villains like let's talk about the villains like mm. it was very exciting seeing them all back Let's go villain by villain and talk about them. First, we get Otto Octavius, who is just, it's Alfred Molina. He's great. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and he, he looked really good with the de-aging. Like, they, they did a really good job de-aging him. 
um which was was pretty impressive because sometimes I... in cgi it, it looks very fake or uh, yeah. uh but they've done a good job with samuel L. jackson and captain marvel and now with alfred Molina in this like making him look younger um, i honestly like... didn't even know that that was yeah, like cgi yeah, it looked great. Um, but I liked his turn also just to kind of be better because he always kind of was the one that like it was the machine that made him evil rather than just like having a malicious intent. Like all these guys like let the power get to them. But him especially, it was like those arms were almost kind of their own character, their own beast. And I liked how he was the first to break and like he kind of became part of the cause. And he gets mm-hmm. that moment at the end where he's like, you know coming into save and you think he's going to destroy the spider-man but then he puts them down and instead goes for electro and I, I thought that was great um yeah yeah did you like his his arc in this no yeah totally for sure yeah. i as yeah i'm glad that like because he always seemed like the one from the beginning that was the most like able to convince to like come to the good right. side right. kind of thing and mm-hmm. then i loved the moment with like aunt may and um <laughs> Norman Otto. Osborn. Oh, Norman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I moved on to him. Oh, okay, yeah, we moved. On. Well, I was because... going to say the the, the MA saltwater bit was funny though. The, oh, uh, yes, that was yeah. that yes. That was, that yes. was But go on to Norman. Cute. Yeah, let's talk about Norman cuz I want to talk a lot about him. He was great because we have this moment with him in the um homeless shelter or the or the mm-hmm. food banker or, or whatever it is that Aunt May's running and and she's like she's the one that uh he yes, she's the one that no, no, no. He's the one that she really connects with. Sorry. Yeah. Had to get my pronouns in order there. <laughs> um, because he, he's the one that convinces her, like, no, they, these people, like, they need help. Like, this is what mm-hmm. we do. We help people. Right. We're not just going to send them back mm-hmm. to their uh, perspective universes to die. Because, like, look at this. This is a man in trouble. He's confused, yeah. clearly. Yeah. And... They gave us this sweet little soft little Norman Osborn to go, oh, but he's so harmless and so innocent. So then when he does turn, it feels like such a stab. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh, it's such a betrayal. Yeah, because you think him smashing the mask in the beginning is like him being like, I'm done. Yeah. But then it's like, nope, he's not. And I love that turn where he's just kind of has that spidey sense. He's looking around the room and you mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be Norman. But like, I, I really think it was interesting to see all them because, you know, Electro's toying around with it. But I never expected him to be the one to break the camel's back. Um, sure. Sam, Sandman was a little surprising just because he is like a good guy. Like in Spider-Man 3, he was never really a villain. It was just like he thought Spider-Man was standing in his way of you know, getting home to his daughter or whatever. And like, I've always mm-hmm. empathized with him. Um, so I thought it was interesting that he ended up teaming up with the villains at the very end in that big fight. Um, but again, I liked his moment with Toby at the end too. Um, the lizard is the only one I was a little eh on just cause like something with the yeah. CGI was a little weird. It, it looked very obviously fake uh, compared to like, you know, you have rocket raccoon who looks so real. Uh, and sure. then to have this guy, like he looked very fake. Um, and it looked like almost they were using effects from 2011 when that movie came out. But um uh, you know that that was the only character i was like eh, i wish a little bit more from but like electro also really fun and had that great moment yeah. again where he's where he kind of teased miles morales coming in at some point with his uh yeah i expect you to be black line uh which is gonna be interesting because we heard in homecoming donald glover said he had a nephew so um yes yes could we be did miles sooner Good call back Jill. yeah um yeah lizard was i was lizard was kind of a letdown for me as well just because you didn't know really where he stood like mm-hmm. you could like there were moments of him in the truck and he kind of felt that like oh the villains are kind of like going crazy now and he has this like little line where he goes oh and so it's begun and then he just like kind of breaks free like almost like mm-hmm. he was just looking for an opportunity to just like go crazy right but 
Yeah. I don't know. And then Electro was interesting because he was always the one that was like, no, like I, I got a taste of the power I can do here. I'm, I'm staying here. I'm fucking shit up. Like this is going to yeah. be great. And I love and, Jamie Foxx yeah. too. Just so yeah. Good. And he's just, yeah. he's just yeah. so fun to watch. Um, so. Cause we got suicide squad earlier this year, which was like the villains, like literally coming together. And it was kind of like this band of misfits. And I was wondering if they were going to go that route, especially with like the, mm. Oh, leave the lizard in the car. It kind of reminded me of like leave King shark in the car. Cause he's just going <laughs> to eat shit. Um, and yeah. I was almost wondering if they were going that direction where like they, all would turn good and then they would all need to chase down like norman or something but um i I get why like they split up and then it became like you know Otto with the spider-man versus like sandman lizard electro and all that um let's talk about one of the other villains we saw (laughs) that was venom um Mm. that post-credit scene like don't even get me started I was waiting for Venom the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted him there. He was the only character that I really wanted to just pop up because mm-hmm. even Toby like said something about the, he was the like, Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I battled an alien that was like full of goo or something. And Andrew was like, I've never taken on an alien. Damn. <laughs> you guys are so much cooler than me. And then it was cute how they did the whole bit where Toby was like, no, you're amazing because he's in the amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. And I like how it was almost like a meta commentary too. Like Andrew's like, Oh, I- I'm not as cool as that because his movies were never as cool as that. Um, yeah. And we'll, t- we'll talk about the three Spider-Man cause I have a question to ask you later, but like, yeah, talk sure. about Venom though. Venom. But yeah, I was waiting for Venom the whole time. We don't get him in the movie. We only got him in a post credit scene where he's in Mexico trying to, and okay, so I put this together on the way home. So at the end of Metam- Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, we get a post credit scene where Eddie Brock is posted up somewhere, vacation style esque, somewhere tropical. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, his background changes and his screen is playing the news broadcast of J. Jonah Jameson reporting about Peter Parker, about yeah. Spider Man's identity. So I didn't really know what to take of that. Like, I didn't really know what like that meant. I, 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 I put together then later on that like, oh, that was the moment where Dr. Strange did the spell. Yeah. It went wrong. It transported him gotcha. into the uni- into mm-hmm. this universe. So mm-hmm. now he's in this universe, just stuck in Mexico. Um, and he's trying to figure out like where he is, why this is happening to him. And as soon as he decides, Oh, I guess we got to go to New York then and, and go talk to this like Peter Parker guy. He gets taken back into his own universe. <laughs> Not before some of Venom though is left on the counter. So Love we that. have opportunities for another Venom S yeah. character to be in this universe, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to be Eddie Brock. I wanted it to be Tom I Hardy. I, I love know. them. Oh my I, God. And when I say them, I mean, I love tom hardy and i love venom (laughs) yeah i i think this was also kind of a way to give them the option to stay or go like i think at the end of this it really could be like i kind of alluded to it earlier i don't know if we'll see mj and ned again because honestly i think where peter left it and we could talk about the ending like how he kind of saw them and was like you know what maybe they're better off just without me and like obviously that's sad but it's like kind of this Mm -hmm. moment of growth for him where he's like you know what? I just want to focus on me first, maybe, or it's just like a literal let them letting them go. And like, if our crowds pass someday, our crowds pass because our crowds pass, our paths cross. Um, but yeah, like at the end, I was like, honestly, that's a really interesting round. I didn't think Marvel would go there because usually they're you know prioritizing the comedy and the feel good and the fan service. But like, I think mm-hmm. the fan service the ending would have been for her to like give him a smile and then for them to like fall in love. But I liked how it was a mm-hmm. more somber ending of like, you know what? 
you know, you guys seem okay. And like, I don't want to ruin your lives again. I don't want to, you know, be a burden. And I don't think he was a burden, but I think in his mind he was. And, you know, it takes a lot out of them. Um, And I I do like that moment where he just says, no, that's all. Thank you. And leaves. Um, It's a really powerful moment. And I love the ending of this. I love that choice because then he's just swinging with his new suit. I love also how he ditched the mechanical suit. I've always said I liked it better when Spider-Man was like, the traditional spider-man i've always been a traditionalist Mm. in that sense like Mm -hmm. i didn't like the iron spider suit i was like that's iron man saying let spider-man be spider-man um Mm -hmm. and we saw he sewed his own costume and then like went taken off and it was christmas time so my thought is maybe this is their way of saying hey spider-man's ready to move on to his own new chapter and there's two ways my mind went we're gonna get a gwen stacy in this universe or Maybe because he was swinging over Rockefeller Center. What do we think? Do we ship Peter Parker with perhaps Kate Bishop? Because as soon as I saw him swinging over Rockefeller, I went, wouldn't that be interesting if he shows up at the end of Hawkeye and ends up meeting Kate Bishop after all this? Because I would ship it. (laughs) I got to say, I think Peter Parker's a little young for Kate Bishop. Really? Isn't she, she out of college? Oh, I yeah, think she, she well, I think she's job. in college. I think she's in college. So mm, she's got to be right. like 20 or 21. Mm. And he's like a fresh 18 year old. I but mean, I know. So he would have, they were born. Okay, but he blipped. <laughs> I know, I know. You're right. I didn't think about that. But I, I was thinking because as, no, as but he was I, going over Rockefeller Center, I was like, oh, are they going to bring him in the Hawkeye? Because we do see the Steve mm. Rogers, the musical billboard in the beginning. So I was wondering, yeah. I was like, maybe, maybe they're going to meet him meet up. Wow. With Kate. But you're right. There, there might be an age gap there. But what do you if think sh- for his character? Like, what do you think he's going to like the next <laughs> chapter? Because he's going to have another trilogy. It's going to be his college trilogy. Do you think it's going to dive into his relationship with Ned and MJ? Or do you think he's going to kind of let them go and kind of explore his new path? Because also the Avengers now don't know who he is either. So like, there's a good chance this is. Like I said, with the Venom thing, like this is Sony's opportunity to either say, oh, we'll have a Venom in the MCU and keep Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy in his own universe. They could also do the same here and say, you know what? I think this is our chance to separate him from the Avengers and just have him go off and do his own thing, his own trilogy, and like kind of give him his own path. Because like we've already seen him with the Avengers. Now he can be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like what do you think is next for him? And what do you think they're going to do with his character? Here's what I got to say, Dale. Yeah. First of all, in when I was watching the end and uh, Zen... MJ just kind of looks past Tom and starts like, you know, friendly waving to Ned behind him. I was, I fully thought that they were going to like, he was going to walk in and they were going to kiss and it was going to be like, they were in a relationship. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is going to be so hard. They Mm -hmm. didn't kiss. Right. It, it, they were just very clearly friends. It was because nothing that would have been so so sad. Not been like, because I don't like Ned, but like, oof, that would have been a heartbreaker. and I was like, wow, I can't believe they're like, it's a wonderful lifing this movie right now. Like mm-hmm. now he j- lives in a universe where no one knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly didn't think about that when I, I fully intended walking out first, you know, without thinking about it too much. I fully intended on like the next chapter of him being still to get MJ back being with MJ and Ned, right. you know, mm-hmm. it kind of upsets me thinking about that. There could be a trilogy without mm-hmm. Zendaya and Jacob battle on. Cause I, especially yeah. Ned, like I love Ned. You got to get your, mm-hmm. if not your girlfriend, you got to get your best friend mm-hmm. back. Right. Well, I feel like well, Ned's an easier yeah. get, they, get, they could, get. 
they could go the route of Spider-Man, like the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, where it's like she doesn't know who Spider-Man is, and they share that kiss. Like we might see like Spider-Man mm. himself falling in love with MJ, and then like her knowing meeting Peter, but also. Harry dated MJ in in that Raimi trilogy, and Harry in this universe is Ned. It's it's like the best friend, and mm. I know he said he wouldn't become a bad supervillain, but that was before he got his memory erased of Peter. And I could but, very well see them going that route in the future if they do keep these characters around. I could very well see that love triangle of like MJ and Ned do start a thing, and then Ned goes to become the villain, and then Peter has to like meet MJ again for the first time, but. Again, I don't know. Like, I think this is a chance to either go that direction or say we're going to totally take uh, take Spider Man in a new direction. But there I don't is know. a there is a very good chance that they're just parting ways because Ned and MJ got into MIT. And they're right. going to be up and in Peter Boston, didn't and, because and, Peter doesn't exist anymore. And he's you know he's going to be spy being Spider Man in in New York City. So I don't know. It could be a, a goodbye to Zendaya yeah, and Jacob. I don't, I don't know. I really, I really feel at the end when he did not like say I love you or anything like that. That was my way of saying, you know what? He's totally going on his own separate chapter. And I'm not mad about that. I love Zendaya as an actress. I love Jacob Batalon. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, we could always bring them back whenever. But like, I think sure. it's interesting to kind of have Peter B just kind of like on his own now and just kind of like experiencing that adulthood. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but it's it's very interesting direction. I really didn't expect them to end on that note. Like I knew they would yeah. have deep moments because we saw in the trailer that shot of him crying and we know it's in context to the Aunt May death. But like I knew it would get dark and deep, but I didn't expect mm-hmm. it to end like that. But I honestly really liked the ending. Like I was really on board yeah. with what they were doing because now there's that question, but also there's that optimism of like he can just kind of start and start anew, um, especially visiting that grave because May yeah. was the last person who knew him. Uh, as peter because no one else as, now knows him mm, i mean i as far as like a future love interest goes i feel like maybe it wouldn't be maybe they wouldn't do a gwen stacy for him in this universe just mm. because maybe like but they already had an mj and maybe they're gonna mm-hmm. i don't know because i'm just thinking like maybe they're just gonna let gwen stacy be like andrew's thing yeah, but Spider like, Gwen in the animated is Haley Steinfeld, so maybe yeah. I'm right. Maybe it'll maybe oh Kate Bishop my God, is going true. to be Spider Gwen. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I but, don't yeah. think so either. But because do we think he's ever going to rejoin the Avengers too? There's that question. Because that's another him? thing. Yeah. Know. So okay. So here's my question to quite to answer your question with a question. <laughs> so they know that they fought with Spider Man. They just don't know. I guess Who is under that's the what's mask? weird to me. That the happy part was weird because he's he says I knew her from Spider Man and Happy or says Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, me too. Which means Happy yeah. knows Spider Man, but Happy doesn't know Peter. Maybe all of their memories when they got Peter erased, it was always just Spider Man in that circumstance. Mm. They just don't mm-hmm. ever really put it together who it is. Like it was weird to me too. Um, and maybe they'll address it. And that's the one thing about these movies is they're all connected. So like an hour of the next Avengers or Spider-Man film is going to be addressing that kind of like how this was addressing far from home for like a good 20 minutes. But uh, sure. you know, that's just expected. But honestly, I feel like at any point he could go to Dr. Strange and be like, you performed this spell to make everyone forget me, but we did fight together. And Dr. Strange would be like, yeah, that tracks. I believe you. Let's go. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it could be yeah. as, as simple as that. Mm hmm. Because or all, all it takes is him fighting alongside him, taking off the mask and be like, by the way, guys, I'm Peter. I'm the guy behind the mask. And then all is forgetting. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, it'd be yeah, a yeah. weird introduction. Like, that's what makes me really think he might just go on and do his own thing. 
Um, because then also Disney doesn't have to worry about the whole Sony crossover thing. They could just be like, all right, Sony, you can have them back. Um, I don't no. know. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't want like, that to happen. It'll still be the MCU, but like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see him. Like, I don't think we'll see him in Multiverse of Madness for sure. Um, which we also have to talk about in a sec. But, um, one other thing I wanted to bring up another huge sure. cameo, another huge cameo. And this is actually yes. really crazy given that we also got Kingpin, uh, this week, but we did see Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. Uh, the daredevil uh, in a very short scene, uh, but yeah. our crowd erupted for that. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw like a, few people, a few people being like, wait, who's that? Who's that? Cause you know, it's one of those things where, you know, some people just haven't watched the TV shows, including me and you, but like, I still knew who mm-hmm. he was and I was excited. Um, also cause he's blind. And I love that moment where he catches the brick. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is cool. This is cool. I like how they're kind of saying now it's like, we're not just going to be our own separate MCU. Like we can still honor the performances of these people. Cause there's a reason they were cast is because Charlie Cox is a really good daredevil. So like why recast it when we could just bring mm-hmm. him in and just, you know, make it. A wow. Thing. Yeah. Were well, you excited we for that? Def- or, I mean, you haven't seen the ha- show, so I mean, I haven't seen the show. I don't know. I don't know anything about this character, cool. Um, but he really was only in it for like, two yeah. minutes like yeah. everyone freaked out yeah like, and I, I think, the, our audience was freaking out so much i don't think i heard a word of what he said <laughs> right. his entire scene yeah. all i heard was when he, after he caught the brick to, and peter was like how'd you do that he's like i'm a really good lawyer and then it was yeah. like already on to the next scene yeah i, I think that's kind of like the stuff where it's like did he need to be in it absolutely not but like people are gonna love it and wow like this is another like thing, you know? dill he might be in hawkeye because this is another thing that connects him to being in Hawkeye's, the yeah, fact that Kingpin. now we have Daredevil and Kingpin, yeah. and it's Christmas time, yeah. I'm gonna be I, deceased. The only issue <laughs> I, I have is that Hawkeye is gonna come out Wednesday, and some people will have not seen the movie yet. So, like, I don't know if they're gonna bring in Spidey. Is it the last episode on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our season finale is coming up. Like next Monday is our last episode for the year, our last podcast till mid January. Like we're we're all coming to an end of this MCU phase. Uh, not even not phase four, but like this whole year of MCU, which has been crazy. We've yeah. done so much. Um, and speaking of, we're going to get something in 2022, and that is Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. We got the first trailer in the credits. And I, this was the one yeah. spoiler besides everything we saw in the trailer and all the speculation. This was the one spoiler that someone did confirm to me because they said, oh, like I just heard someone tweet about the Doctor Strange trailer. And I was like, how did anyone see it? And then I just thought, oh, they must show it at the end because it's normal. Like they showed the Into the Spider-Verse trailer at the end of Venom when that first came out. Like I expected they might do it, especially since Doctor Strange was an integral part of this. Um, And it's funny because we were with our friend James and he was like, I just want to see Wanda. I want to see Wanda. And he did technically (laughs) see Wanda. Um, But I'm interested because like, our theater at first was like wait what's going on what's going on is this like a post credits is this a trailer and i knew it was a trailer but like what were your reactions to that trailer because it's hard to like break it down since we don't have the actual footage right on us you know to actually yeah watch it yeah and dissect it. but first thoughts what do you think i mean it was it was definitely interesting i mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what problem they're fixing yeah i was is it the whole issue of like all the cracks in the in from See, Spider-Man? I don't know because it feels like I don't they, they resolved it. That's the thing. They opened this multiverse in Loki, WandaVision, and Spider-Man now, but they seem to have closed it in Spider-Man. And we know oh. we're getting a Loki. Where you know we're getting a Loki season two. So like maybe this is something that Wanda opened, but at the same time, it's just like I wish it was just all the same thing. Like oh, maybe I, maybe yeah. keep this open ended 
and then like like do the Peter memory erase, but like the multiverse is still open. That way you can bring Loki, Spider Man, and Doctor Strange together and Wanda to fix this whole thing. I, I do think yeah. we'll see Wanda. I mean, we are gonna see Wanda. I think we might see Loki in Multiverse of Madness, maybe Sylvie, yeah. but like it was just very interesting seeing you know the trailer yeah because i was like wait what what are they fixing what's the problem the biggest i mean the biggest threat i mean we did see his friend what's his friend's name again mordo mordo we saw mordo in this trailer yeah. obviously who, we saw wanda who was rocking the dreads love yeah absolutely <laughs> a great look for him yeah and then the biggest threat seemingly the biggest villain from multiverse of madness is like this anti-evil Doctor Strange. Dare mm -hmm. I say the Doctor Strange from the What If episode where he consumes all Sorcerer the demons Supreme, yeah. in order to... Or what is it called? The, not the Sorcerer Supreme. The, uh... I don't remember. Is it the Sorcerer Supreme? The evil Doctor Strange? I don't know the name for it. Does he have a I name? don't know the name for him either, but the Sorcerer Supreme is just like the most powerful wizard. Yeah, and that's Wong, which is And cool. that's Wong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a that was a reveal i think Wong. that should have been a bigger deal than it was but i guess because of just the context of what is going yeah. on it makes sense why he was the one summoning shang chi and shang chi like all that stuff um yeah, yeah i like that because now that kind of might create a rift between wong and dr strange in the next one too because wong now has the sure. power and, you know he was the one advised dr strange you know like leave me out of it which is also interesting because in the trailer it's more like wong asks for something and dr strange disobeys him but in the, this version it was made very clear that it was just wong being like i don't care what you do just leave me out of it um which is a nice little pivot from some of the trailer um because they like to fuck with us in the trailers for sure. At the end of the day, Dale, though, I don't even need a trailer to be excited for these movies. Like, I, I could go trailer trailerless and still be so excited and hyped yeah. and and see the mm -hmm. movie on opening day, regardless. Like, no matter what. Yeah, yeah so, I just I feel like it was fun, but yeah, I, I, don't know. I feel like these reveals, especially when you're bringing in, like, you're bringing in all these characters from other universes, not even from Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not like you're bringing back like pietro from age of ultron which would have been huge but it's like you're bringing back a character who's introduced in 2002 along with his villain his original villain willem dafoe who by the way i read would not take the role unless he did his own stunts which is fucking cool um he is awesome uh, but yeah. <laughs> like it was it was just one of those things i was like just why did they show us so much you know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to know Goblin and Electro and Lizard and Sam were there. Like, show us Doc Ock, fine, because Alfred Molina spoiled he was in it uh, way, way back when. But, like, you know, it, it was just unfortunate to me. But I, I will I say, like yes, the one the only reason why I would ever want um, Toby, Andrew and Tom all to be together is to discuss the differences between their webbing. And they did have that conversation. They I did, did like talk that. about how, and it was very funny. I was like, I was singing it the whole time because I don't know. I, I have my mind's in the gutter, I guess. But Tom <laughs> did make the joke that was like, so do you make your webbing anywhere else? <laughs> like, yeah. does it it's weird. Come it just kind of comes out of, because if you watch those movies back, it like doesn't even come out of his fingers. It doesn't come out of his No, like, it comes out of vein. his wrist. It comes, it comes, it comes like comes, right out of here. Yeah. He has like it's a so hole. Ooh, like my yeah. god i i i've always thought that was a cooler version than like because it's like yeah it's much different because andrew i think scientifically makes the webbing and then like yes toby to, tom it's like just built into his like iron man suit or whatever but um yeah really interesting i and again i think the movie got significantly better when the two of them came in and i was worried for the opposite i was worried it was just going to be an overdose of fan service but i think having the two of them yeah. there to discuss their different perspectives and like especially 
when you see MJ and Peter in love and it just kind of pans out to Andrew staring at them and kind of looking kind of somberly. It's like, ooh, like I got to admit, Andrew Garfield was screwed over by his movies because I think he's a damn good Spider-Man. And I think this movie definitely showed his acting chops. I think he is definitely getting nominated for an Oscar for Tick, Tick, Boom. And I think this is going to help his campaign a lot because I think people are going to see this and be like, Andrew Garfield's fucking great. Cause he really is. He's, he's I always think of, been great. Yeah. I think of these three actors. I don't know. Yes. At this point, I love all three. I am sold on all three. Tom did sell me in this movie because it wasn't just the quip, quip, quips everywhere. Like he actually sure. got some dramatic moments, which I've been longing for ever since Infinity War. I'm like, give him those moments, and they finally did it. Whereas I feel like the other two movies were a little lighter. Um, but Toby, I've always loved, obviously for nostalgia's sake. But I really loved Andrew in this. He was the standout of the three, just because I was not expecting that. Because I, I love Andrew, but I just didn't love his movies. But now watching, yeah. it, I'm like, wow, I want to go back and see his movies because. Um, you know, he's, he's a damn good actor. And I think this really helps his Oscar campaign because people are going to be like, oh, Andrew, we love him. We saw him as Spider-Man. And the critics, and uh, not the critics, but the, the press gave him so much shit. Everything, every interview for Tick, Tick, Boom was all about Spider-Man. And that man, mm -hmm. thank God he can relax now. He deserves a break because <laughs> Toby didn't Dude. get all that roasting because Toby wasn't in the press for other movies. You know, Andrew had to yeah. promote two whole movies, Eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick, Tick, Boom, both which are going to get Oscar nominations for other categories and stuff. Like Jessica Chastain might win an Oscar for Eyes of Tammy Faye, yet everyone just wants to hear about Spider-Man. And it's like, yeah. give the man a break. Uh, so yeah. I'm glad he gets that break now. I gotta say, that man, he played me the fool. I don't think I'll ever trust a man ever again because Andrew Garfield acted his ass off in every interview, every time he had to do press. He mm -hmm. really, he had me convinced. He yeah. said he was in, in the movie i believed him i yeah. ate up every single word i said yeah you're right andrew you're not in the movie and maybe i was just blinded by my own denial <laughs> and, and pride uh. but i was just like i really believe that this guy's not in it guys we all need to stop expecting it and and, and i don't blame him was. for lying i don't blame him for lying because i don't think he was allowed to say you know, and that's and that's why also I mean, what just else having... are you to say? You have to like put up a good fight and say yeah. like, no, I'm absolutely not in it. Like you can't get sit there and be like sketchy right. about it because mm -hmm. then people are going to be like, see, he's in yeah. it. Yeah, I, really... I honestly. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Sorry. Go because ahead. there was I really don't like watching interviews like before I see the um movie because but like these were I everywhere know. it was unavoidable the more the more i hear them talk about it the more i'm like putting together like theories and pieces together in my right. brain and i just don't mm -hmm. want it like i just want to watch it for what mm -hmm. it is but there was one interview that i didn't even watch like i didn't even click on myself it just like came up on tiktok and i should have yeah, kept scrolling the worst for that well worst for that and especially and... going back after watching the movie tiktok right now the first second shot of toby andrew and, and tom so i'm glad we saw it when we saw it because yeah. i would have been so pissed i don't I need to see that unless movie. i saw it but yeah that was it's disrespectful what people are doing i know like the whole like well then just stay off of tiktok but people have their lives some okay, people but... are you know on tiktok a lot but also like can't see this movie till midway through the week like just wait until monday to post your silly little tiktok or put 10 or... seconds before of just like yeah, spider-man yeah. spoilers in five four three two that's all you have to do the bare minimum what we did we said at the beginning of the review we're talking about spoilers and that's all we have yeah. to do anyone else who kept watching that's on them but like tiktok to just open an app and then be like oh yep whole childhood nostalgia yep it's there like anyway what were well, you saying sorry about the no no worries so the, i saw interviews. one tiktok one split second of like an interview on jimmy kimmel and he like he like took the shot of you know lizard the Brazilian like trailer yep 
looking back at something or whatever he was doing. And they were like, and Jimmy Kimmel was like, so what's going on there? And the cast was so bad about hiding it. They were yeah. just like, Tom was like, oh, it's a bird. And I was like, dude, you have to do better than that. Because now yeah. you just told me that Andrew Garfield and Tommy yeah. McGuire in the movie. And I'm mad at you for I it. I will say Tom is the worst at press junkets. And I love the guy, <laughs> but he is the worst. I mean, he literally spoils so much. And even if he doesn't spoil his hesitancy he's not a good actor in real life yeah, like he doesn't I don't, think on his feet i'll rephrase because someone's gonna take that and twist it but he's not, he's not a good actor. he's not good at playing he's not good at playing the character of tom holland who's supposed to know nothing he's good at playing the character of peter parker and he's good at being himself but he's not good at playing a different version of himself so they need to stop um, telling him things they need to just send Benedict Cumberbatch and Zendaya on the press junkets because Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the coolest dudes in the world. Uh, like I, I saw him live when we uh, when I saw Power of the Dog. He's such a joy in person. He's really good at press junkets and interviews. Even bring John Favreau along. He's directed Iron Man. Like he can just go up there and give you very vague answers. Like you don't need Tom. People are gonna go see it regardless <laughs> of who's in it. Like you do not need your biggest star who spoils everything to be doing all the press runs for it. You don't. Sure. Yeah. I do want to talk about one character that I was a little disappointed in. Okay, and wait, let that... me guess. Let me okay. guess. Uh we've already talked about Doctor Strange. We've talked about the Spider-Man. Talked about the villain. Is it happy? No. Oh. Who are you disappointed in, Kelsey? J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. <laughs> I thought that he was going to be a way bigger antagonist, a way bigger obstacle on the road Mm -hmm. for Spider-Man. And I guess he made his life a little bit harder, but I feel like in Toby's movies, like he's such a direct threat to Mm -hmm. his existence. And I, I just felt like I just kind of wrote down, I was like, JJJ, he was just kind of there, you know, I didn't really need him. I mean, it was cool. It was like, Oh yeah. Nostalgia. Great. But (laughs) it was like, I, I don't know. I think he could have been involved more. I think they could have utilized his character For a little sure. better. Yeah, I wasn't even looking because his name, I'm looking at the cast list. His name isn't until like the bottom paragraph. Um, yeah, like just other characters that they kind of like had to throw in there, like Betty Brant um, and then like the three coaches in, in the high school. Like, I, I just feel like they were just there to be there. Like they really, like that whole first I know, chunk, but just they're funny. Like, yeah, but again, like I would have liked a little bit more. Maybe they're also in the lab. Like, maybe they show up in the lab and they're like, wait, what is going on? And, like, Andrew and Toby are like, hey. And they're like, why oh, are you yeah, using the maybe. school's lab? Like, like, they could have incorporated them a little bit better. Like, like things like that where I'm just like, yeah, I get why they're in it. But, like, they didn't honestly, have much of an impact for me. That was, honestly, I was going into this movie and I was like, oh, damn. Like, that means, like, we're not going to see them in the school. So, they're not going to be, like, the teachers aren't going to be there. Because the teachers were, like, one of my favorite parts of Far From Home. Like their yeah. entire back and mm-hmm. forth, everything that was going on there. I was, yeah. I, they were so funny. Like, he's just like, I'm doing my best, Julius. Like that, that iconic line on, yeah. on the bus. I was, I was happy that they were included in, in some aspect. I was, yeah. I was happy that they were there. Yeah. Even and if I it lo- was just a, a little tad. Yeah. And I love the simple Flash, Flash Thompson too. I think they used his character very well too. Like I loved the idea of him getting clout. By, oh like, yeah by the you know him coming out as coming out as spider-man i guess that's the best word for it um you know but yeah i thought they handled his character well and i like how they keep making him look douchier and douchier every movie um it yeah. really works because tony revelory is not a douche he's like the sweet little nerdy guy and they made him like this like jock because in the movie in the raimi trilogy it's uh what's his name um the guy from uh magic mike i think i can is picture it? his face but i don't know yeah but like like he's he's like the, a jock so it's really yeah. funny to see like tony revelory's take on it like I, i've always enjoyed him and yeah even in the smallest roles um so yeah like overall really well 
cast too. Like, I mean, just seeing those villains back. I mean, Willem Dafoe, I saw a tweet saying like, Willem Dafoe always understands the assignment. And I think this is a great example of that. Yeah. He really did. hundred percent. Really did. Um, even Marissa Tomei. Oh, gone too soon. I love her. I love her. Yeah. I'm so sad. That's tough. Um, That's a tough loss. Yeah. I expected like one more loss. Like I expected something else big in like the second act, but I'm glad they I didn't. I guess the loss is him not getting back to his normal life. Yeah. I we, guess Peter the is loss the last might, death. Yeah. The, the loss might very well be MJ and Ned. We might just never yeah. see them again. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I just, I, when I think of this movie, I, I think the first half I was like, yeah, okay, you're introducing these villains. Like I'm, I wasn't super on board yet. We saw it all in the trailer, but that second half with Andrew and Toby coming in their dynamic, but also just like the stuff at the end with him, you know, going into the coffee shop, that scene is like probably top five MCU scenes that aren't action. Like I loved that scene just cause it was like mm-hmm. just that heartbreak you felt, but then also like that, like a kind of optimism for a fresh new start. I, I think this is one of my favorite endings to a MCU movie for sure. Cause like it ended in a great mm-hmm. spot, but also opened the door for more. Um, if we do get a Gwen Stacy, is there someone in particular you would like to see? We haven't talked about play, that, but like play Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Like what Me. actresses do you, do you want to, okay, there you go. <laughs> Kelsey Kilpatrick. I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> so if you win the trivia match, you will also get a chance to audition for Gwen Stacy in final callbacks uh, on uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, that would be really oh, cool. are you? Good Imagine thing you said you were kidding because I I totally would have believed you. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I I saw a few good ones. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, love her. Would love to see her play Gwen Stacy. That'd be fun. Okay. Um, no, I'm just I'm I'm I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. Sorry. No, that was just the one I I saw that oh. I really liked. I, no, I don't have a list. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people who could probably do it. I I also saw uh, what's her name from Riverdale. Um. The one who dated Lily Reinhardt. Yeah, she'd be good too. Because you want that blonde she'd hair. Cute Gwen Stacy. Um, yeah, sure. yeah. Or you could even you could even do like a person of color. Like I'd love to see you know the new up and comer Rachel Zegler who was just in West Side Story. I'd love to see mm. her in the MCU at some point. Even though she's tied down with Shazam right now, but uh, she is going to be in the Snow White Disney remake, so she'll still be with Disney in some facet. But yeah, like there's a lot of up and coming actresses I'd love to see in the MCU. Like I, I'm excited to see what they do with his college days. Maybe we'll get a Harry Osborn. I've heard. A lot of people begging for Timothy Chalamet to be cast as Harry Osborne. And I think it would work oh really God. well as like the little rich kid. Like I, I, don't, I don't even know if like Timothy Chalamet would take that because he was up for Spider-Man. Like he's gonna he's not he's gonna be like, I don't want to be his best friend. <laughs> I think you I don't know. The paycheck, the paycheck's always good. Who knows? Um, <laughs> any last thoughts on Spider-Man No Way Home? I can't believe like we saw it, we've already talked about it. like it's it seems like we've been talking about this movie for so yeah. long. I mean it. I mean, it. I feel like it definitely had a lot to do with like our audience. It was opening night. It was it was so exciting, mm-hmm. but it did feel like something as big as Endgame, really. Like yeah. it, it did feel like it had those stakes and and that weight and mm-hmm. it, and that fan really, service. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And even, but I will say though, like Endgame, like I feel like the fandom did call some of the things that was going to happen. Like we all expected a Tony death. We all expected something to happen to Cap where he wasn't mm-hmm. going to be Cap anymore. Like, yeah. but it still was filled with so much more surprises that we all walked away from Endgame being like, yes, like mm-hmm. Tony's death was sad, but also we can just celebrate how great that movie was. Cause you also, know what I, mean? I believe they only showed stuff from before the five years later. I think that's also yeah. a big part of it too, or maybe like a little bit of like the time high stuff. But like, yeah, I think that was a big thing too. Was it was that whole very time minimal, was very there. jarring. 
um yeah. infinity war 2 we had no idea thanos would actually pull it off like we really didn't i yeah. i fully really expected them to stop him at the end of that movie they ed they edited a lot in that trailer just mm-hmm. to even even yeah. like the shot there's like a shot in the trailer of captain america like holding his fist open before he can close it and even in that shot they edit out some of the time stone the time stones hello the infinity oh, stones the <laughs> they edited out some of the infinity stones so it looked like they still had a shot when in fact at that point in the movie he has all of them except the vision yeah um that's that's so. a very good that's a very good uh theory, like they, or, yeah. or observation yeah i i almost like yeah i i, I want to say this is a great movie that was done worse by the marketing which i never think is the case i usually mm-hmm. am like a little bit underwhelmed by that like shang chi i was like eh marketing didn't do anything for me and then seeing the movie i was like that was really good um mm-hmm. eternals too like i i think this movie suffered from the marketing more than anything but that's not a critique on the film like if i'm looking at the film itself it's much better than the experience of the film in context of the marketing uh if that makes sense um i don't know what i'd give it on a scale of one to ten we don't really do that here but I, I i don't know maybe a seven or eight range probably i would I, don't know. I would say that as well yeah like probably Definitely lower nothing than lower seven. than a nothing lower than a seven no it was, like, it was it was great um or good yes um but yeah it's interesting know. because we've gotten so many movies this year like what do we almost want to do a pseudo little ranking next week once we finish hawkeye of like all these things because we've gotten wandavision falcon and winter soldier hawkeye oh you want to rank what everything Loki, from the year black widow eternal shang chi and spider-man so we'll have nine projects to rank we can do it if you want um, i could i could get behind that i'd love to do that all right, cool. So next week we will talk about the. Let me take the spoiler ban off, just so if people are for some reason still watching it with their mute on, <laughs> um, they sat through the whole hour waiting for the spoiler ban to right. go off. They're like, "Oh, phew! Now we can hear what they actually have to say." Um, yeah, next week we're going to be talking about the previous episode of Hawkeye, which we haven't even talked about. That did come out, but we figured actually watching it now it makes sense that we could kind of group that with the finale because it feels very much like this kind of like propel. Uh, I don't know what I'm looking for. Like the, the next, it's like a bridge to this finale. Like, I feel like it was kind of setting up everything before this epic finale. So we'll talk about the last two episodes of Hawkeye um, episodes five and six next week. And then we will kind of pseudo rank them very casually. It's not like an official ranking because rankings can change, but we'll rank these nine mm-hmm. projects. I think they're nine. Let me just do one more time. Well, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, what if Hawkeye, Eternals, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, yeah, nine. So we'll rank these nine projects, how we thought they were. Um, oh, did you say what if? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so five shows, four movies. We'll, we'll rank them and just, oh, we, why don't we throw Venom in there too? We'll throw Venom so it's a top 10. Because I like the idea of having a okay. top 10, doing okay. Venom too. I, I just like that. The nine is just. No, I, I like a nice even number myself. <laughs> yeah, my friend doesn't like the number nine. And, and ever since then, I've been trying to stay clear of nine. Just he's like, I hate the number nine. I'm like, that's your pet peeve, really? But it's a thing. Um, One of my good friends. So, um, but it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, like we'll do a top 10 uh, ranking those just to kind of get a taste. Like, honestly, there's nothing I haven't liked this year. There's one thing that I'm like, eh, I don't need to watch it again. Everything else, I'm like, I want to watch it again. I would like to watch it again. They're all good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how you rank them and how I rank them. And then we're done for the year because next week's our last episode. And then in January, we will be kicking off the podcast. We'll wait a few weeks. We're not going to just jump in January 1st because we need a little bit of a break. We've been doing this every week for the past 51 weeks. So that is a lot. That's almost a full year. Um, Mm -hmm. pretty much a full year. And we will jump into trivia, Marvel trivia, where Kelsey will be taking on JD Domash and Zach Love 
for the first ever Marvel belt, and they will hold it as long as the winner will hold it as long as they want until there's another challenger who has earned the right to another title shot. Um, five rounds of trivia. It'll be a lot of fun. Kelsey, have you come up with a name yet, or are you still going to save that for later? I'll tell you next week. Okay, so next week we'll get year. next week we'll get the name my reveal. Name. Your your wrestler name, <laughs> um, and whether or not you're going to play it very heroic or you're going to be a villain in the league, who knows? But I've already seen some smack talk behind the scenes from some of these competitors, so it'll be a lot of fun uh, to just kind of see uh, what's going to go down. Oh yeah, that's right, Kelsey, you're not on that group chat, but Zach has been talking a lot of trash, and on our podcast Rat Recipe for Reality, he has also been oh. uh, throwing some uh, challenges out there. So uh, it'll be interesting Maybe to see my how the inside goes. has to come out because Maybe. I don't take trash talk. Ooh, there you go. Um, but yeah, Kelsey will be competing for trivia, and obviously she will not know the answers. I will have someone else, my good friend Chad, who hosts <laughs> uh, Picture This, coming on to help me um, ask the questions to these three competitors. And may the best man or woman or Nexus being win. Cannot wait for it. But yeah, next week's our season finale. We cannot wait to, to wrap up season one. And season two is going to come with like a whole new, whole new intro whole new you know look whole new design i'm like yeah we're gonna treat it like a real show we're gonna up it for season two season two alfred molina will be making a cameo as doc ock in one of our i'm kidding um but yeah no season (laughs) two is gonna be fun of this podcast thank you for joining us for season one this is a big review i know a lot of people have been looking forward to we're about an hour in so we'll wrap it up now kelsey where can they find you Oh, um, you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You can find me on TikTok at Cause13, K-O-Z-13. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cause yep. Productions. And if you go on TikTok and you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> good luck. Good um, luck. <laughs> Twitter, Dylan underscore Randazzo. TikTok, Dylan Randazzo 417. Proceed with caution because, as I said, TikTok's a dangerous place nowadays. And then YouTube, Dill Pickle Movie Network, where you're watching this now. Or if you're listening on audio, go check us out on YouTube as well. Give us that follow and especially subscribe. Actually, follow and subscribe are the same thing. Give us that like and especially that subscribe. Look at that amazing journal. Yeah, if you're on audio, you're not seeing this view of this amazing journal. So if you go to a video, you will get to see this amazing journal that Kelsey's holding up. It literally says amazing on it. I'm not just My calling it amazing. Spidey. Uh, it's a Spider-Man journal with a lot of good webbing and amazing bubble letters um, So in yellow. So please go check it out on YouTube if you're watching, if you're listening on podcasts. And please give us five stars if you're listening on podcasts. And please tell your friends about it because we have shown up on a few people's Spotify top of the year podcast. And I've been very humbled by it. Uh, so keep us keep listening to us. And again, keep our subscriber count up. I was trying to hit 200 subs by the end of the month. I don't know if we're going to get there. But hey, if you all see this and you all want to help us, Please share it and just tell people all you have to do is have a Google or YouTube account and literally just hit subscribe. You can even turn your notifications off. I know there's a notification every time I post a video. Turn your notifications off so you don't even have to see it. But just subscribing to us really helps uh, really helps us go the mile, the extra mile. Um, anyway, that was Dylan and Kelsey. Marvel's Movie Mondays. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>